Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, today's episode guest is Raj Goodman Anand. Raj is the founder of Goodman Lantern, a team of native English content writing services that help businesses sell better and grow faster. An engineer by profession, he has founded three startups, raised capital, and taken one venture from zero to acquisition. He has not only had a flourishing career within startups, but also with large and mid-sized organizations, working on launching startups or new products within them. Products he has built have have made companies very successful and have generated an income of over $52 million in revenue. Moreover, Raj has also won Business Week's Europe's Young Entrepreneur in 2007 and has been named as, has been named as one of Revolution's, Revolution Magazine's 50 Most Influential People in Digital. He has spoken at various venues, including the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, British Library, and several several universities, including LSE. Raj Raj and his entrepreneurial ventures have had coverage in The Telegraph, The Guardian, Business Week, and Observer. Raj, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Thank you, Kong. I'm good, thank you. Thanks thanks for the opportunity and thanks for the, the, the lovely introduction. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really fun to, um, you know, did a bit of research on you and, uh, you know, and to read off your bio. I think that uh, you're an ideal guest on this show just because of the accomplishments that you've had throughout your career, but also because um, the things you've done in your life are tied back to purpose. And um, I want to just start off by saying, um, what does purpose mean to you? Well, I think purpose is something which, which drives a person, which drives the action they actually take. Why do they wake up in the morning? Why do they get out of bed? It's all linked to the purpose that the big, you know, what I call, call, call the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal, something which you really, you want to make sure that you achieve before you depart from, from this planet. Um, so purpose is something which is the, almost the, the reason why perhaps we exist, for example, in some ways. And uh, if we have a meaningful purpose, I think it just makes life more fulfilling, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a, a place that people can go to to find more value in what they do in their work and also the relationships in, that they have. I think that it's to me purpose is sort of a an, the north star right like the guiding light in times when i'm faced with challenging situations or encounters where i feel like i've been either misguided or that i feel lost that it's a good point to reference and so um very happy that we're connecting to talk about and contributing to this notion of purpose. Now, when did you develop this 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 sense of of meaning in your life? Like, when did this this internal conversation 
started for you? Um, and also at that time, were you struggling or, or dealing with any, any difficult situations? What was that like? I feel that when, as human beings, when we are in a scenario or a situation where things are out of control, when things are completely uh, up something bigger and mightier, that's when the idea of purpose comes out even stronger. Um, and for me, it was um, on the time when my wife was very ill, um, very, very ill. And um, we didn't know what's going to happen to her. Uh, and I think that's when it hit me that if, you know, if she recovers and thankfully she's, she's okay now, uh, she went through an episode of, of uh, breast cancer, tons of chemos and radiotherapy. I think that's when it hit me that actually, you know, I'm chasing a, a number, a, you know, a financial goal, but why am I doing that? Like, what is the purpose of doing that? Like, is that going to help me be happier or more satisfied? Um, then I realized perhaps not. Maybe, maybe it, is, it is something silly to go after. Perhaps it's not worthwhile uh, for me. And um, it's been a, a very long time to figure out what my purpose was, like what drives me and what makes me do what I do, uh, especially work-wise. I spend a lot of time working. I mean, it's this part of our, you know, our, our lives. We, we, you know, we spend probably more time at work than with our partners, with our families. And uh, so the work had to be more driven with a purpose as opposed to just to make revenue or to grow offices or to, you know, to buy this or, or buy that, for instance. So, um, so yeah, that's when it, it really struck me that actually I need to think about my, my big purpose for doing what I do and how will I go about it? How will I actually make it make an impact? Not just say that I will have a purpose and nothing about it, but actually whatever I do professionally, it actually impacts the, the, big, the big scenario, the big, the big, big change I want to make in this world. Um, and yeah, that's how it began. I was about, it was properly executed in 2016, but it was in my mind before then as well. 2016, it, it became you know, more concrete and the following year, I started to really think about this more and more so. Mm, yeah, that's uh, incredible. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, you mentioned a point about how we spent so much of our waking hours at work, um, more so than spending time with our loved ones. And um, of course, I know that, that we all know that, but it just kind of like sunk in to me um, that that is correct. <laughs> like, really, that is true. Like, because we're so, I'm so always on the go and I don't often think about it. And you know, looking back, I'm like, I haven't seen my family in about two years. And part of it had to do with COVID and traveling and, you know, keeping my family safe. And, uh, but it just, again, reminds me how short life can be and that we really do have to find what is it that lights us up every day that we're excited to go to work because life is short. And if we don't enjoy work, that's like 
majority of our time spent is 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 on that arena and if we're not happy with it we're going to take that happiness that unhappiness home to our 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 relationships at home our kids so we really have to tap into um the space of uh what is it that lights me up you know there's this i'm not sure if you're familiar with this concept of ikigai it's a japanese term yeah so it's essentially you know what can we, you know, what is it that the world needs more that we can help um, to solve and that we can do more of that that makes us happy and that we can get paid for doing it. And so um, do you have anything to add to to that? Well, Ikigai is a very interesting concept. And I read the read a book that's in the title uh, recently. Um, and it, it struck me how some people spend an awful lot of time to build the perfect, uh, I think it was, it was the, the, the perfect teacup to have, have their, you know, the beverage from. And I just thought that sounds silly initially, but it's that passion to achieve something which is close to your heart. You want to make sure that it's the best of, whether it's a, whether you're a farmer, you know, growing fruit or whether you are, you know, a craftsman building the most impressive artifact for yourself. I think it's it's that passion for something which you believe in. I mean, you know, I I've I've read and and extensively heard about um, painters, sculptors who kind of, you know, spend their entire life like just be devoted to their art, and they probably die very poor. But what they leave behind is a legacy where you know where I'm sure if they could look back and come back to this world and see what they've done, they've made our lives much better. I mean, being smiling to our faces, for example, makes us feel proud of, of humankind, for example. So I think Ikigai is a really interesting concept. And I think it's for the, the, the passion or the determination for something that you really care about. And, and, and I think it's, it's, it's important to have that because if you don't have that, then you're just living a life without any purpose and without any meaning, really. And that's just boring and really not worth living, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I don't know who said this, but this personal guru, personal development guru said, you know, you could just tell who's living a life full of meaning and who actually died, even though they're living by looking into their eyes. Like some people are already dead. Like there's no light shining through them. They're just walking like, you know, zombies without any soul. And, and it's just a matter of when they get hit by the bus <laughs> and and we want to be able to make an impact where we can bring these folks to life and i hope that uh, you know by continuing to invite guests like yourself into this podcast that you know i could inject some light into you know some of these um, individuals um and you know get them to um to wake up and say look i mean we only have one shot at this and let's make a count. So um, speaking of making a count, you've done quite well for yourself on a professional level. Tell us more about your entrepreneurial journey. Like what was it that, um, that got you involved into this entrepreneurial route? And um, what is it about um, you know, developing, launching startups and taking them to acquisition that, that ties into your purpose? 
Yeah, it's a great, great question, Kong. Thank you for asking. Um, so just going to go back to where I began. You know, I come from a very humble beginnings. So, you know, not not a lot of cash in the family as such to you know do to run my own companies from day one. I really had to kind of bootstrap all the way. Um, but just go back to university. Um, my 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 initial degree was in computer systems, so I was learning about software and hardware and um you know i was always looking out for something to define my um sort of next steps you know i was i was you know i knew that i have to earn money to kind of survive so at university i was always sort of you know doing part-time jobs to, to kind of fund my, my degree and my life and um you know often at times i was thinking to myself like there must be something i, I can do and with like most other kids, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to a bank and I get a job with them. So I applied to a few, I got a few interviews, I you know, got, got an opportunity to go ahead. But somehow it didn't feel right to me. It just didn't feel like that was my calling. Just didn't feel excited and passionate about it. And at the same time, I met somebody, he was interning, um, actually visiting from the US. And back then, MySpace, which is like a, you know, Facebook of, of, of our generation was really kick, kicking, you know, and being a big, big deal in the US and it hadn't launched in the UK then. So I just built a clone of MySpace uh, overnight, like no, sorry, over, over a month. I didn't sleep much. I think I slept about three to four hours every day. And I just programmed the whole like MySpace clone. And now I had a MySpace clone. I don't know what to do with it, but I, ha I built it. Um, and so I went, went out to learn about marketing and sales. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I, I love marketing. This is a brilliant uh, bit of thing I can use to uh, promote my business. But then I thought, hang on, this could be used for other people as well. So the first thing I built was I built a, a MySpace-like software building tool. So I actually allowed customers to have their own social media for them and their customers to interact with. And I started that company, took it to a, to a, to a level, but didn't, didn't really work out the way I, I planned it. Then wrote a book for the Financial Times and Mission Education about, about social media and recruitment. And then I got, started working for a corporate, uh, as head of innovation and being the CEO. I think over the time I realized that actually, I love digital, I love digital marketing. It's just, that's my passion. Um, but again, at that, back then, I didn't have a purpose. My purpose really was to, to hit a number. It was always about like, okay, I'm going to, this is going to be my financial goal. We're making good money. I should be flying this kind of uh, class of flight trying to take. I need to have this, this, and this. I was never sort of after like buying stuff for myself. But it was just like having a number in the, like, you know, bank balance with this kind of number in it own this stuff because it's so success, for example. It was never about uh, just holding stuff. That was never, that's never mean ever, because um, I don't think, I don't believe in that. Either, either, in either case, I think it was all about sort of growing the business, uh, taking it to the next level, hiring more people. And I moved from a startup to corporate to then realizing that I'm, I'm taking 280 flights per year for the corporate and I'm making them a lot of money. Um, but I only start my family once a month. That was it. Somewhere nice. I uh, can't complain about that. But 
but just once a month. And I was like, is this life worth living mm. for, for that sort of lifestyle? And that's when I started Goodman Lantern, the vision to um, work remotely. So seven years back, before we, we heard about COVID, for example, you know, I was the remote company. The aim was to be able to run a company from a boat. And, uh, and, and the reason for that simply is that I could then travel and you know, visit friends and family, but also to take a passion. So I realized in my previous business that I could help the company grow from seven and a half million to 45 million euros in revenue. And actually that's all in back with storytelling, uh, content writing, SEO. And that's really powerful, especially in B2B, it's very powerful. So I'm like, hang on, let me scale that up for clients to write content um, at, a, at, a, at a much greater level, uh, really bring in that, that talent. And so that's how GL started and uh, you know, rest is history. And, you know, then I've th thought about next steps afterwards, but um, that's the beginning of, of my entrepreneurial journey and where I'm right now. Yeah. That is incredible. Um, just about, you know, when you questioned yourself, um, is this a lifestyle worth living? Like it just gave me goosebumps because, um, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to ask questions like, you know, if I do this, is it, does this serve me? Is it purposeful? Is it, you know, what is my intent? Um, and I think that we should all continue to ask ourselves questions such as that, like the, those, those questions, you know, what's the intent? Is it good? Does it serve me in a way that will also serve, you know, the people that uh, I'm with in my communities? And also, um, you know, what's the purpose of whatever action I'm about to take? Um, I think those are powerful questions that we should visit on a regular basis just so that we can be on track to a purposeful and meaningful life. So um, that's definitely a, a, a insightful um, you know, situation that you had, um, almost like an aha moment you know, when you ask that question. What is, you know, does this lifestyle um, doable? Um, so, of course, um, in this span of what, uh, 20 plus years, you would say, in the entrepreneurial route, um, am I correct, 20 or is it uh, 30 years? It's a bit less than that, but, but, <laughs> okay. but yeah, I, I mean. It, approximately. It, yeah, approximately, yes. <laughs> approximately 20 20 years of entrepreneurship. Did you have any mentors that guided you? Any resources, books, or podcasts, or anything that you turned to? Or was it just like, you know, I grew up with a family that taught me these things and I could just kind of use that and play as I go? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because yesterday I was, I was watching Entourage, that this the American. <laughs> TV series and I and I actually love it. It's just one of my favorite series and stuff. And I, I was looking, I was uh, it was in season two and it was about Ari Gold. You know, Ari Gold is like this this very flamboyant sort of like uh, agent. You know, sort of get people um, more gigs and and you know you know really well well networked in his, in his industry of of uh, uh, media and, and 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 movies. 
And I remember one of my mentors was was a bit like him, but a bit like him, you know, the total dealer dealer. You know, he'd go out there, he would get things going. So I've I've had mentors, and I think they are the reason why I'm where I am because they really helped me to achieve um, and and to to get where I am. I think there's a, at least for me, I feel there's a time when they can come into play and really help you. It help kickstart your, your journey. But then there's also an opportunity for us as entrepreneurs or as individuals to actually form peer groups to, to really learn about uh, from each other. Because I think mentorship is great, but sometimes you need more help. And um, I discovered a, a peer helping group, um, let's say about two, two and a half years back, and it's completely changed my life. Like it has helped me articulate my my needs, my requirements, but also help me scale my business up. Like it's helped me scale like 4X on the back of learnings from it uh, in just two and a half years. And I think, you know, it's what I, what I think about us human beings is that it's up to us what we make of our lives. It's up to us what we, what, how we do go about it, but there's enough support and help around us. If we look and we look carefully, there's plenty of things we can do to help ourselves. And so personally, while mentors are really helpful, I feel like peer groups are also a fantastic way to help you scale up. And then to find peers who are, maybe if you are at this level, just find somebody who's a bit on this level so you can like come up to their levels as well. That, that's, that's super helpful. And books, I mean, I read a lot of books. I mean, perhaps read less, but more like Audible, like do a lot of audio books. And I do it all the time. I, I, I try and read or, or consume one book uh, per week, at least. Uh, that's the better in my do. And that's part of the reason why I keep myself refreshed, motivated, and looking for something bigger and better every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, in thinking about it too, um, there's an emphasis. You have a passion for uh, helping women succeed in tech as well, right? And Tell us more about that. How has that journey been like for you? Um, I'm asking because as a diversity, equity, inclusion practitioner, I also help organizations build inclusive cultures and um, diversify their hiring pipeline and working, coaching executive leaders to be more um, inclusive in their uh, leadership practices. And and that and that and that's awesome. It's very commendable, Kong. Well, well done, you. I think we need more people like you to help help us uh, to actually get there. Because I think there's a big disparity uh, between what people want to do and what they can do or, or should do. And I think you know be, people like yourself, Kong, can really help us out. So thank you, thank you for doing that. You bet. Um, so just to kind of jump into that 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 actual discussion. Um, as a company mission and my personal mission as, as, as a business, business owner, uh, we help to create consistent, reliable and income and, and fair income opportunities for women um, and to promote them in tech. Like that's our fundamental uh, goal as a company. In fact, 80% of our team is of women and, uh, uh, you know, and we really wanna hire more of them and that's what keeps me up at night. But going back to your question, this came about from my experiences as a child. I was brought up in the Middle East and some parts of it in India. 
and I saw firsthand how, you know, while studying computer science and sciences and engineering, you know, there were a handful of women, less women in, in, in tech than they are in uh, than than they are men. And I noticed that there, there was a, you know, these women who were there in, in, in engineering or tech, they were a handful, but they always performed, you know, the the knowledge, their passion was incredible. You know, if there were if there were 30 boys and there were 10 girls, 10 girls will always be in the top 10, and you'll have the the boys kind of stuggling their way through. And I think that was that's commendable. Uh, but when it comes to representation uh, within the tech industry, it's it's minuscule. Like I can't imagine why we don't encourage more women to actually join the the you know join tech, join engineering, and having more balanced opinion. Because um, if we have just men making decisions all the time, it's not going to be balanced. And today, tech is everywhere, right? right? From Facebook to mobile phones, to buying insurance, to buying house, you need tech. So we need to have a more balanced opinion. We need to have more women in tech. And so it's our mission now to actually hire more women so that we can help neutralize this, this tech industry to have a more balanced opinion. Uh, and I think as a male founder, I feel like this is my duty to do that. So I've got a daughter, I've got a sister, I've got a wife, I've got my mom. I mean, you know, for my daughter to grow up into this, this world, and when she joins the workforce, I want to make sure that by, by the time she joins the workforce, she's joining a more, a more fair um, economy, um, a fairer opportunity, and not come to this world where it's all male-dominated, uh, BS from, from, from the top. I, I want it to be more, more neutral, um, inclusive, and all put together. And I'm doing whatever I can in, in my lifetime to make, make, make a small dent and hope that you know, other founders also do something similar that can help to promote more, more balanced opinions across mm-hmm. the, the board and beyond. You know, that is so incredible. I wish more business owners and CEOs are thinking like you're thinking because without leadership support, uh, you know, some of these organizations can, can formalize, you know, groups within their organization and try to organize things from a grassroots level. But without leadership support, it's very hard to get anything done in, in the realm of helping to diversify work, the workforce or building inclusive cultures within organizations. Um, you know, my experience, you know, I've worked with some of the world's top leadership development companies in the world. And, you know, the things I see um, in terms of helping companies build more inclusive cultures, coaching executive leaders on, um, you know, on diversity, equity, inclusion matters, um, is that uh, it's, it's tough work. There's, you know, there's resistance because people fear the unknown and also a part of it is change. And so if we could get, um, you know, companies, you know, startups to engage in these types of discussions early on in their, um, you know, uh, early stages of the business, then um, as they continue to grow, they would already have these best practices in place and it would have already uh, helped the organization grow, um, you know, early on um, to be then a more established organization. So, um, you know, I, as a person of color, um, you know, grew up in a small town, 
where 1% was of racial minority, like this is important to me because, um, you know, I, I face not just discrimination because of uh, the color of my skin, but also lack of opportunities. And, um, you know, it, it has, um, I've seen how it has negatively impacted me uh, in terms of my career advancement. For example, um, you know, being a person of color, even to my adult age, like I was uh, working for a consulting business and um, had applied for a, a role and the hiring manager said, you know, what are some of the unique skills or traits that you bring to this organization? And I said, well, as a person of color, um, you know, I, I feel like bit my background um, can contribute to, um, you know, the diversity of thought of your team. And I think that I've got this unique perspective that, um, that I could share that could help um, your, your team innovate and build products that would enlighten your, your customers. And he said, you know, I think you should tone that down a bit. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like the fact that I'm a person of color, I should tone it down. No, I'm not going to tone it down. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be who I am. I am 100% Asian American and I'm proud of my heritage. And if you don't like that, then maybe you might want to visit HR. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that to him, but in my mind, uh, you know, and I did report to HR and, uh, you know, they, they pulled him in and, you know, had the discussion and he had to go through diversity inclusion training uh, because of that comment. Just imagine though, I mean, he is a prominent leader within this organization and has hired many, many, many people. Just imagine the, you know, the impact that he has had, you know, based on that close-minded, um, maybe perhaps even discriminatory um, perception of uh, people who look different than him as a white male counterpart. So um, that's very unfortunate. And, uh, and it happens all the time, every day, you know, in, within organizations. Um, and so I'm happy that you're someone that is in line with this, this, um, this movement um, and is taking action to ensure that the world is in a better place and that everyone, no matter their, their skin color, their race or gender, you know, their sexual orientation, that they have equal representation, access and opportunity um, because that's, that's the kind of world that we all should really strive for, right? No, I think so. I, I, think, I think it's, um a such a old school way of thinking about 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 hiring recruiting knowing people or whatever it is that that comes to I, th I think we need to live in today's world where there is an opportunity for all of us to shine and it's, it doesn't matter i mean I, I think actually as you as you pointed out earlier diversity is exactly a great way to build a stronger business, just a stronger enterprise, building a stronger society. Um, in fact, if we just have one type of people, and I'm sorry to say, sorry if I, if I use, use that type thing, but actually if we just use, if we just have one sort of way of thinking, then actually what happens is that we miss out on other opportunities. In fact, there has been a big study which says that actually for businesses, 
to have a diverse workforce means more, more profitability, more revenue. So if you just want to think in that way, for example, and, and that makes you be more inclusive, that's awesome. But, but the reality is diverse workforce is a stronger workforce. It's more inclusive and actually it helps you generate more revenue. And so, you know, I urge all business owners to think about this and actually not only business owners, but also, you know, people in the, the top management, middle management and lower management to all think about this and actually go and hire more people who they believe they haven't hired before and actually give them an opportunity because you never know who might be the next star in your company. Right, exactly. And, you know, some leaders, you know, I've coached them and say, well, why can't I just hire the most qualified? And I'm like, well, that's great, but where are you looking? They're like, well, we're looking at the, you know, at these schools. I'm like, well, these are the kinds of schools that you guys have been looking for the past 10 years, 20 years. And why not go to, you know, your community organizations and, and find talent there, help them, you know, partner with them to help you find talent, you know, for people who are just as equally qualified, but may not, you know, have come from these types of schools. And there are creative ways in which we can go about attracting talent, you know, just equally as qualified, um, but may not come from, you know, the same universities that these organizations have been targeting for years. And they, you know, often say, I think it was the Wells Fargo CEO that says, you know, as much as we want to help diversify our workforce, it's hard to find African black black talent. And he was uh, his comment backfired on him because, you know, he wasn't trying hard enough to be and and be you know he wasn't you know it sounds like it was just lazy kind of thinking and and doing they can't find black talent when really there are talent black talent everywhere. Um, you just got to look and. And part of it could just be that he, you know, uh, it could just be um, his ignorance. The other part is that he just doesn't, you know, doesn't put uh, black talent as a, uh, you know, as part of his, uh, on his priority list. And so, uh, but you're right, like studies have shown that uh, organizations that are more inclusive, you know, tend to outperform their competitors because, um, you know, yeah, a, a, a diverse and inclusive workforce uh, you know, of course, this drives innovation, which then drives revenue for the business. Um, why is it making, why, if that's the case, why is it so hard for business owners and CEOs to, um, you know, attract um, not just top talent, but also, um, you know, people of diverse backgrounds? I think part of it has to do with that they want to, there's some power dynamic where they want power and if they see more of the people that look like them in power the more comfortable they are and it has nothing to do with whether they want more business or more more revenue and that just defeats the whole purpose of a corporation because the co purpose of the corporation is really you know generate more revenue for the business um so they're not really playing the um the infinite games they're, they're playing the finite game and so Anyway, uh, just one comment on that. I, I think it, 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 this might help put a different spin on this, um, which is, I mean, I, I said before the interview that I, I love, I love traveling. You know, I, I, it opens my mind up to, to different ideas and, and concepts. And I love my family to travel with me as well so they can all, you know, learn together. I think often when you, when you go visit a different culture, 
you're not used to, uh, we might find something offensive or perhaps we don't understand them. And I think one thing to have done over the last few years is to understand and see them from their lens and not from my lens. I think that's a, a big shift. When we see people from their lens, when someone is coming to you and offering you to stay in their house and they don't have a roof to stay under, I, they are offering more than what they can. I mean, would I do that, for example? It'd be really hard for me to do that, for instance. But, you know, I mean, look at, look at this from, de- from their lens. You understand what they're offering you, what they're giving you, what they're allowing you to be part of. I think in, this, in the context of CEOs and, and hiring managers, we have to shift our thinking to meet the criteria and the understanding of the candidate itself. So what do they bring from their perspective? We understand them. Understand if you want to be open as a, as, a, as, a, as a company, we have to start thinking from the point of view of people you want to attract to our company. So thinking about us as hiring managers and what we want. Um, that's how you know. That's how we. That's how you bring in clients. For example, you think from from their perspective, not from your own. You don't talk about yourself. You talk about them and their problems and their issues. That's how you hire clients. So, why is it different for you know candidates you want to hire into your company? You have to think from their perspective and help them out to, to overcome their challenges. So that's the only way we actually make this happen. And I think for me, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. For, for me, the, the longest time. I, was, I didn't have a criteria or a, a, a value, core value. Uh, and our core values have, have formed uh, halfway through the business. Of, uh, so three years after we formed the business. And that changed everything for us because we started to think about like, what makes a, a good good antenna. You know, is, is it about these values versus this value? Is it important that they, you know, how important is it for us to have someone who looks this way or speaks this way? And we realized it's not. It's not actually the people who, you know, people who are, who have passion and driven is what we need. We don't need, you know, we don't need, you know, how the university graduates and stuff. We don't need somebody who is, you know, who, who is from a particular part of the world. We need somebody who is passionate about what they do and is keen to learn and grow. And that's how that things change. That's how things change. And that's why the last, you know, two and a half to three years has been a game changer for us because we have grown our mindset. And that's helped us grow a business as well. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. Um, really, I do want to acknowledge just your work and support in this space because it can be challenging. And when, as a CEO of your company, um, you know, setting the tone is important because um, you know it really does guide your organization to, um, you know. Um, reinforce these these important concepts of what it means to build a culture where people can really be themselves and really shine no matter who they are um, whether they are uh, female or or you know what race they are and whatnot and um, I think that me coming from a big family you know having six sisters like they have really shaped me to be the person I am today. And like with you, you have a wife and a daughter and, you know, you've got, um, you know, um, I'm sure influential uh, female, um, you know, um, counterparts that, uh, you know, that, that helps you grow you and, you know, be successful. Like without them, you wouldn't be, you know, who you are today. And so it's important that we honor that and, 
uh, provide those access and opportunities for, for women. Um, so props to you and, and your business in that. Um, so in terms of, um, of, you know, this concept of purpose, um, what's your definition of um, success and fulfillment? Great question. Uh, and the articulation of that is, has always been a challenge. So um, internally, we call this, call this our BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the BHAG really is to hire women across the world, especially in countries where there is a challenge to kind of, you know, get meaningful work because they can't travel outside because there's gender-based violence, for example. So we, we, we try to focus on those economies as well, as well as economies like the US and UK as well. So we try to, try to have a good balance there. Um, the goal really is to become the, the single biggest employer of women uh, in, in tech and digital and to allow them to work in the comfort of their home at flexi working hours. That's a big part of what we do. We, we have learned from experiences that women require more flexibility than men do from our studies and from our research and our interview process. And so we wanna make, make that, that's part of what we do. So we allow our team members to travel uh, to work at, at, the, at the times when they, are, when they are available. And we try to fit the role around them. Uh, obviously there are some constraints, but beyond that, we allow them to kind of work flexi hours. And actually it's been fantastic because unlike other companies, we have been able to hire great talent. Uh, we have you know a nice queue of, of people who wanna join our company. And so that's been the benefit of it. But our big hair audacious goal is to hire more women and initially we set up some numbers, you know, okay, this will be a, a milestone, but actually, you know, we, we, we put up a, a, a milestone and we smash it every time. So we're like, now we're going to keep it, you know, nice and vague in terms of the number. And actually we focused on our, our actual goal, which is to hire more women, uh, empower them, address issues, fix those issues, re go again at it and keep hiring and growing and building an ethos for other people to copy and, and be motivated from to hire um, in a very diverse way and not be focused on this one very strict criteria. Um, one of what I want to mention as well is that it might appear that we are being sexist about things, that we're only hiring women. That's not true. We do hire men as well. Um, but our aim really is to increase diversification. So we will go out of our way to understand people's story, uh, their motivation. You know, we have some phenomenal people uh, from across the world, from, from Latin America to Asia, to Africa, uh, to Europe, to Australia. And we've and we got some great people, but we don't base them on their universities that they've been to or their, you know, um, their experiences based in, in a particular country. It's about their passion for what they do and how they can help everybody else in the company to, to, to achieve their goals. So that's how we, we hire people. It's not easy. It's a very difficult process, but we, this is part of what we do. And this is hopefully once things become clearer for us, we'll open source the entire process. People can use it as a template for their own hiring, hiring as well. 
Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And that is so exciting that big, <laughs> big goal that you have. I, I, I'd love to jump on this ship if that's okay with you. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, if there's any way that I could help you in that arena, I'll definitely let you know. Um, so we are about that time and I just have a few more questions for you. Um, my next question here is what inspires you to do this work? Well, um, so digital has been a passion for many years. So that's something which, which, I, which I love. It's the only thing I know. I'm an engineer who got digital and I love it. I think the inspiration is that I want to make a difference before my daughter joins the workforce and she comes to, into a better workforce. That's, that's my sort of, that's my personal motivation to kind of do this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but why in tech? I mean, I want more, more women in tech as well. That's another part of the, the, the sort of the, the the, the part two of, of the goal. And it's because all I know is tech and I've seen it from my own experiences that there are very talented people, uh, women in tech, but they never got the opportunity. They still are not in the same level as men can or men have been. So yeah, all I'm doing right now is to making sure that what I've seen before I, you know, before my time's up, I make, make a small change in that. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Um, and thank you again for, um, for, for honoring your truth and, and really bring more um, equitable practices and in, into the, your, your business and, you know, helping to contribute and make a dent into this, uh, this world we live in that can oftentimes be a challenge for, for, for more so for women than men. So I appreciate that. Um, if folks, uh, once, if they want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? Well, I lurk around LinkedIn quite a bit. So uh, LinkedIn <laughs> is where you can find me. If you Google or you, you, if you search on LinkedIn for Raj Goodman and Anand, you should be able to locate me there. Please do add me, connect with me. I love to hear from people. So please drop me a line. Perfect. Well, folks, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you do plan to reach out to Raj, please reference uh, where you found him, um, which is here, the Purpose Tune podcast. Uh, thank you again, folks, for tuning in. And I hope that uh, you all are having a splendid day or night, depending on when you're listening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carl.